This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Kia ora, you're listening to Flashing Today on NPR Manawatu People's Radio, Te Rangi o Ngā Tangata o Manawatu. I'm Ben Schmidt from the Manawatu Tenants Union and this week we are going to be talking once again uh, about some things happening, keeping up to date around what's relevant and happening out in the community for renters, sharing some tips, talking about the latest renting news from around the country before we have an interview um, with a guest that we're very excited to have on this show, uh, Nelson Lebo, the Palmerston North City eco-advisor who you may have heard of or dealt with before. Um, great guy who gives really good advice um, and we're excited that we've been able to get him on the show. Moving straight into things, uh, as it is the end of the year, there's not a lot of events happening out there in the community, but just important to be aware that for us as the Manawatu Tenants Union our last day before the Christmas close down will be Thursday the 23rd of December um, and we will be reopening on Monday the 17th of January in the new year. Moving on to renting tips, look for some people, this is the time of the year when you're moving out of old tenancies, moving into new ones, make sure you take photos. Um, when you're moving out, when you're moving in, take photos or take a good video of everything so that you have some good evidence there to back you up in the event that there is any dispute. Always keep evidence, always keep a paper trail. Moving on to the latest renting news, the bipartisan agreement um, bill between the Labour and National parties on housing, which would have made it easier to develop more uh, medium and high density housing at a faster rate may be a little bit more insecure than it was uh, with the National Party indicating that they will be requesting some changes to that bill uh, after that has now gone through the select committee process and following leadership changes in the National Party. Uh, we continue to, as we all know, there continues to be a huge housing crisis. Uh, just this week we have seen a a media article which is sadly not surprising uh, where we saw a g- garage being rented out as a room or a flat on Trade Me uh, they, with the image just showing a little bed in a garage next to a car and a roller door with a desk and a few other bits and pieces. Absolutely disgraceful that this is happening and it shows the need uh, again for more housing but not just more housing, but also more housing that is affordable, that is public, and that is accessible for all people. Uh, we have also seen some further data come out uh, with average rents around the country. So from one data source, average rents around the country have increased by $43 per week from September last year in 2020 to September this year, 2021. Moving on. Uh, we to some of the uh, media catching cases in the tenancy tribunal, a particular Nelson property manager, after previously being taken to the tenancy tribunal by the 
Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment's Investigation and Compliance Team had to pay them or was ordered to pay over $12,000. They have still not paid that money, which they're now being chased up on by the government. And there's just been another tenancy tribunal ruling uh, against this landlord taken by a tenant where they will need to pay over $2,000 to the tenant. Absolute disgrace that people like this are allowed to continue to be landlords or be property managers, and it really highlights the need for regulation of landlords, regulation of property managers. So that is a quick summary of the news. We're now going to be moving on to an interview with our guest. Uh, This is an interview with... Nelson Lebo from the Palmerston North City Council. Uh, he is their eco-advisor or the house doctor, as he describes himself. Here we go. And we're now joined with Nelson Lebo. Well, thank you for this. Nelson, do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do for people listening? Kia ora. Um, yeah, my official job title at the City Council is eco design advisor but i tell people it might as well be good design advisor because i help people renovate retrofit build homes that are warm dry comfortable healthy and have low power bills Mm. Um, that's good design not necessarily anything eco about that it's good design everything that doesn't achieve those things warm dry healthy comfortable, low power bill is bad design. Um, So you don't have to be a greenie to um, agree with and want to engage with good home design uh, because bad home design is pretty much a plague on the country, as most people know, and a plague on the rental uh, market, probably a double plague on the rental market. Yeah, and so why would why would a tenant possibly want to get in touch with you, Nelson? What sort of things do you do for renters? Oh, it could be lots of reasons. Um, anyone who lives within the PNCC rates area can um, contact me. That can be landlords or tenants, as long as the structure, um, the dwelling, uh, pays rates to PNCC. Normally... Um, the best thing I can do for tenants is help them to understand behavior change and how lots of um, little efforts on their part can improve the health and comfort of their home. As you know, Ben, most landlords are up to scratch with the Health, Healthy Homes Guarantees Act, and there are fewer and fewer and fewer that are not up to scratch. But if the tenant feels there's something deficient with the home and it's not meeting the current legal requirements, I can go and have a look. And as a independent third party observer, um, I can have a look and, you know, give my honest opinion. Uh, thank you. And certainly Nelson is very good at what he does. Um, we send a lot of people this way and people find that very helpful. So we're moving into the summer now. Are there any common issues people tend to get in touch with you about over the summer, month, summer months? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fraction of the number of people who, who contact me about yeah. mold and condensation and, and being sick and miserable. But increasingly, with the warm weather and with climate change, 
Palmerston North and especially poorly designed and low performance homes, they get, they overheat in summer. Um, it's, it's the perfect storm. The same houses that are cold in winter are hot in summer, often for the same reasons, um, inadequate insulation, poor orientation. Mm. Um, you know, those are the, the two main issues with home performance and the architects have just got it wrong. You know, they build houses that are hot in summer and cold in winter. Mm. Um, so we kind of have to coach tenants through how to make the best of a bad situation. And so what are some of the things that uh, you'd want to say to tenants or that people can often do to make their house a bit cooler or a bit slower to overheat over these summer months? Okay, so the first thing, and hopefully this has already been sorted, is the ceiling insulation. If you can check or if you have already checked or if you have got an insulation statement from the landlord, you probably, well, I think at the moment, the legal requirement is 12 centimeters. And that is significantly taller than your nine centimeter ceiling joist. It's taller than a baked beans can standing up. So insulation slows the flow of heat. And in winter, it slows the flow of heat upward through your ceiling. And in summer, it slows the flow of heat downward through your ceiling. Your ceiling cavity easily could get up to 40 or maybe even 50 degrees. And um, an uninsulated ceiling, you could hold your hand up to the jib on the ceiling and you would feel heat radiating through an under insulated ceiling it's still going to get warm so you want you know minimum of 12 centimeters ceiling mm. insulation to because that sun is shining on your roof probably for 12 hours of the day um a lot of heat builds up in that right so, so uh, yep Certainly, and like I said, thank you for explaining that insulation is really important, not just for keeping yourself, keeping your house warm, but also for keeping it cool. Um, I understand you've also made some videos and provided some advice around how people can use fans and opening windows to keep their house a bit cooler, uh, which people may not have thought about. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and maybe you could put the links to those videos, um, Ben, on your um, on the NPR uh, webpage, possibly. We will work out a way to do that. Um, but let's let's um, we need a little bit more physics first. Sorry. So there's there's two ways that heat can enter your home in summer, or maybe three ways. Um, the first is that radiant heat. Um, you know, because it's hotter outside or it's hotter in your ceiling cavity and cooler in your home. So the heat is going to travel uh, through solid objects, right? The second one is sunlight coming through your glazing. This is literally mm -hmm. the greenhouse effect. So think of a car parked in a car in, in, at the supermarket in summer uh, with the windows up. It gets hot. Same thing with your house. Your house is just a car parked in a giant 
parking lot. So all of the sunlight that comes through your glazing is going to warm your home in summer. So what you could do possibly is on this, in the morning, keep your eastern curtains drawn. At midday, keep your northern um, curtains drawn. And in the afternoon, keep your western curtains drawn. So you'll still have lots of indirect natural sunlight uh, for daylighting, but you won't have that direct sunlight coming in. It will. It comes through your glass, but it hits the back of your curtain. So it is inside of your home, technically, but it's not coming deep inside your home. Um, another thing that some people do, probably not in rental housing in Palmerston North, they've got external shutters and they close those. And those work really well because they stop the sun coming through the glazing on the outside of the building rather than on the inside of the building. The other thing is trees. Um, trees can shade the house at certain times of day. Again, might be out of the reach of tenants. Um, but certainly drawing curtains and blinds at certain times of day will reduce the heat load on the home. Um, and then the third way that heat can um, get into a home in summer would just be cooking, cooking and showering, right? So, you know, keep the windows open or keep the extractor fan on. Every single heat load that is happening during the course of a day adds to the cumulative indoor temperature. It's radiant heat coming through your ceiling and through your walls. It's sunlight coming through your glazing. And it's the normal human activities of being in a home. Cumulatively, those add up to your, you know, late afternoon, early evening peak temperature, which, yeah, could get up to 30 degrees, I suppose, or maybe even higher. Um, so that's the, um, the same thing of keeping your house warm and dry. The first step is prevention, right? Let's prevent moisture from building up our, in our home in winter. Let's prevent heat escaping our home by having good curtains and blinds and insulation and all of that. So in summer, we want to prevent the home from overheating. Um, that's the, the cheapest and best solution always is prevention, right? Um, but inevitably, poorly designed and under-insulated homes are going to overheat and that is something you have to deal with um, sort of by, you know, user interface, meaning the human being inside the home needs to do something. So that's where we get to these videos. I'm just going to pause there, see if you have any question, um, if you want to interject anything. No, there. that's really, um, thank you, um, and helps really explain the, the foundations, I guess, um, for and what at the end of the line sometimes people may need to look at doing in their house and where that comes from but feel free to keep on talking there yeah i'll give you two examples one is that in the summer we almost always keep our eastern curtains drawn um because we don't want straight away to be overheating the home first thing in the morning our home is so beautifully nice and cool overnight the last thing we want to do is, is, you know, throw that out the window, you know, no pun intended. Um, the other thing we do on the north side of our home, 
they're not exactly lace curtains, but we have got some um, sheer calico curtains. We've got two sets of curtains. We've got um, next to the window, some very light uh, cream color calico curtains. And then we've got the heavy duty um, winter curtains. In the wintertime, we draw both. But in the summertime at midday, we only draw the calico curtains. So a lot of diffuse uh, sunlight comes into the lounge, but we don't get that, you know, direct sunlight coming into the lounge. So those are just two examples that we practice for. Um, we don't, we essentially, we have no west, our west facing windows never um, overheat the home because we've only got two. One is into the carport and the other one is into a covered deck. So we never have to draw our west facing curtains because the sun never touches the, literally the afternoon summer sun never touches our west facing glazing. Um, so um, prevention um, user interface. Yeah. Really good for renters to think about. Those are all within renters control. Um, so now um, let's say it's um, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Your house is probably at its hottest temperature of the 24 hour cycle. Um, it's still warm outside, but chances are the outdoor temperature by 6, 7, 8 p.m. has dropped below your indoor temperature. Um, the best way to monitor that is with a $20 indoor-outdoor thermometer. You can get it from Bunnings, Mitre 10, um, you know, maybe some other um, places as well. It's got an indoor panel and then it's got a probe on a wire that goes outdoors and it shows you your indoor temperature and your outdoor temperature. Well, basically, if it's cooler outdoors than indoors, then you've got motivation to bring the outdoor air in and take the indoor air out. And all you need to do that is a very inexpensive machine that moves air and it hardly uses any electricity, and it's called a fan. Um, the thing is that the way most people use fans is exactly opposite. You take a fan inside your home, and you blow the hot air in your home at your own body. Your body feels that as being cool because you're sweating, and evaporation is a cooling process. So your perception is that fan is blowing cool air on you, but it's the same temperature of the air in your home. It's just because you're sweating, it feels cool. Now we can do that one better by moving, literally moving the warm air out of your home, moving cool air into your home. And if you situate your body in the path of that airflow, you will feel the moving air as well. So it's a win-win situation. You are lowering the temperature of your dwelling and you're getting the benefit of um, evaporation of, of air passing over your, you know, your, your arms and legs, um, your bare arms and legs, probably if you're that hot. Um, so the trick is, and I'm going to, I'm going to start with a really simple example 
then we'll move up one level, and then we'll move up two levels, okay? So um, if you're at home, if you're, playing, if you're playing along at home, this is what you do. Step one, close all the windows in your home. I repeat, close all the windows in your home. Step two, open one window. Doesn't matter, as long as it's not the bathroom window. Step three, turn on the bathroom extractor fan. Hopefully you've got one. And then go stand next to the, the one window that you have opened. You will feel outdoor air being drawn into your home because as the bathroom extractor is pushing air out, the same volume of air is coming in. If you do that in the late afternoon, early evening, when it's cooler outdoors than indoors, then you're removing hot indoor air and you're bringing in cool outdoor air. Okay, so that's the basic concept of it. You could do the same thing with your kitchen extractor fan if you don't have a bathroom extractor fan. This is only to convince you that it works, right? Because I get so many skeptics. Um, You know, it's like, no, it, it actually works. Okay, so step two is, okay, now you're ready to do this for real. What you do is go to the master bedroom and, oh, sorry, let's go to step one, close all the windows in your home, go to the master bedroom, open one window, then go to the far opposite end of the home, open one window and put a fan in that window pointing out. So you're mimicking what a bathroom extractor fan or a kitchen extractor fan would do. And you're doing it in the diagonally opposite end of your home from the master bedroom, right? Turn the fan on. It's drawing air from your, the entire length of your home out, hot, hot daytime air. And it's bringing in cool evening air into your bedroom. And you run that fan all night long. And it exhausts the hot air that has built up from the previous day. It brings in like 16 degree air. Gosh, that's pretty good air conditioning. Who, you know, who wouldn't want their air conditioner set on 16 degrees for free, right? You don't even have to use your heat pump because there's free cool outdoor air. You won't lose a minute of sleep because your bedroom will be so beautiful. You'll have to put blankets on in the middle of the night because you'll actually get, you know, goosebumps. Then in the morning, when the sun comes up and starts warming up, close those windows and keep those curtains closed, especially to the east side, because you want to hold that heat, sorry, hold the cool air in as long as you can. So I say overnight, you want to treat your house like a wind tunnel. All night long, treat your house like a wind tunnel. And then during the day, treat your house like a chili bin. Once you've got the cool air inside, close all your curtains first thing in the morning, hold that cool air in as long as possible and keep that direct sunlight out as long as possible. That way, um, you know, it'll it'll take hours and hours and hours and hours and hours for your home eventually to overheat. Um, And then the next evening, start the process all over again and just do the same thing when it's cooler outdoors than indoors, you know, open, open a window, open another window in the opposite end of the home, put the fan in there pointing 
out. Um, now, if you do like to watch television in the evening, or if you, uh, let's be real, Netflix, um, you're not on television, you're just watching a screen. What you can do is exact same concept, but um, step one, close all the windows in your home. Step two, um, open one window in the lounge, which is in direct alignment with your comfy chair and the doorway of the lounge going into the hallway. And then somewhere at the far end of the home, open a window, put a fan in, pointing out. So here's when you're going to get the benefit, multiple benefits. It's, you know, 30 degrees inside, it's 20 degrees outside, and you're sitting in the exact pathway of that 20-degree air. So at the far end of your house, you've got the fan pushing out. You've got a window next to you in the lounge that's open, drawing cool air in. And you're sitting there um, with a nice cold drink, watching your favorite Netflix Netflix, um, series. And you're cooling your home down while you're in the direct path. So your body is, is feeling that moving air. And then at bedtime, all you need to do, close the lounge window, open the window in the master bedroom. And if you, if you like your kids, you can open the windows in their bedrooms as well. Um, but the idea is to direct the cooled air where the human beings are. When the human beings are in the lounge, have the lounge window open. When the human beings are in the bedrooms, close the lounge window and open the bedroom windows. You just might need to get a few fly screens to, uh, to keep the mozzies out. Oh, no, thank you, Nelson. That has been very informative and it's certainly given me a few things to um, think about as well when I got, get home. Is there anything else you're wanting to talk about there? Um, it's pretty much it. Like, there's a right. lot of doubters out there. You know, um, if you paid attention in school science class, this all should make total sense to you. If you didn't pay attention in school science class, go back to the first example I used and turn on the bathroom extractor fan, close all the windows in your house and then open one window and stand next to it. And you will feel air entering your home. That should be enough to convince you that this works. Running a fan costs pennies per day Um, if you were to run your heat pump on cooling mode that would cost dollars per day Um, there is free cool air just outside your home but it only happens during hours of darkness so you need to draw that air in some people may need may have security concerns as well keeping their windows open um, overnight um, you know, everybody, everybody's got their own needs. Um, but that, yeah, mozzies and, and having wind and security concerns. Those are the two issues I hear from people, but a good night's sleep. Wow. I've, I've not lost one minute to sleep in, uh, because of hot weather in the last, I don't know how long, you know, the last decade. Cause I just use this really simple technique that I learned from my grandmother back in the 1970s um so it's just yeah it's um 
it's more than an old wives' tale. It actually works. <laughs> it's an old grandma's tale. Excellent. Thank you, Nelson. Um, very informative and very practical, as always. And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, just um, ring the council number 0635681993568199 and just ask for, like, Nelson, if you can't remember that, ask for the house doctor. Um, or that guy who, you know, that guy who uh, looks at houses um, or just contact Ben and Ben will remember, yep. will remind you what my name is and how to contact me. Fantastic. Thank you, Nelson. Good having you on. And that was part one of our interview with Nelson Lebo, the Palmerston North City Council eco-advisor. Uh, you can hear the rest of that interview on our next episode. In the meantime, don't forget for any renting issues or questions, you're always welcome to contact us at the Manawatu Tenants Union. You can call us on 027-5422-071, check out our website, Facebook page, or just drop by the office. We're in Community House on King Street. Uh, For the Christmas break, our last day is Thursday the 23rd of December, where we close before reopening again on Monday the 17th of January 2022. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.